What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Wallnow, and let me tell you, I do not take it lightly that you would choose to spend time with me and my guests today on this podcast. It means so much, and I love watching this podcast grow. And if you find value in this, please share this on your Instagram, share it on Facebook, go leave a written review, rate it, subscribe. It all helps this family continue to grow, and I'm so encouraged. Let me read this review to you real quick before I hop in and introduce you to our guest. This one says, love, love, love. I'm so excited for Jamie Lynn and how the Lord is going to use her. This is such a great podcast that's full of truth, wisdom, joy, and so much more than you could imagine from a podcast. Love it so much and can't wait to hear more. Um, I love you so much, and I'm so honored that you would take the time to write a review. So please, you never know, your review could be read next week. Just leave one, tag me, let me know. But let's get into the meat of why you are joining me today. My friend Naomi Rain is an incredible wife, mom, worship leader, mentor, trainer. I mean, she has Naomi Rain and Rain is with an E at the end, NaomiRainMusic.com. Her website's awesome. I encourage you to go check it out. But Naomi and I met at the beginning of the year. And you know when you meet somebody and you're like, okay, we're going to be doing life together. I'm going to be running alongside this girl somehow one day. But you can't really say that to them because you don't, you don't want to be creepy. There's a lot of things that go into that. So believe it or not, I didn't tell her that then. Um, but we got to do this podcast and we had so much fun visiting. That's pretty much what this podcast is, is asking questions, hearing her testimony, which is incredible. And this girl, it is so powerful because she walks with God. And let me tell you, we're getting to hear from a woman before we see her on stage winning dozens of Grammys one day. Like she really will be a Grammy award winner. I'm sure of it. I believe it. And I cannot wait. When you hear her sing, I mean, go look her up. She has an incredible album out called Back to Eden. Amazing. I love her. Follow her on Instagram. Go to her website, she has a mentoring program, etc. etc. But without further ado, let me introduce you to Naomi Rain on this podcast, on this beautiful day. Love you guys so much, and I hope you find as much value in the words from this woman as I did when we ended the podcast. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm super pumped about today's guest. Let me give you a backdrop and then we'll bring her in. Okay, so I'm part of this organization called International Young Prophets and it has an amazing apostolic board. And listen, we had an event and Naomi Rain was leading worship. I had never heard of her before, which is crazy to me because she's so connected (laughs) with worship And I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, all these streams that I know she's running in, but I had no idea at the time. And I remember being so amazed by the real maturity and heart of what she carries as a worship leader. Not only is she gifted, listen, like she's like extremely gifted as a singer, but like to me, what's more important and what trumps that is the heart of the person leading worship and her heart shines in the maturity and depth that she walks in with God absolutely shines. And so It is my great joy and honor for us to hear the message that, the timely message even that I believe she's carrying right now for all of us to be encouraged about diving into intimacy with God and what it looks like to walk with him. Naomi Rain, what's up girl? (laughs) Hey Jamie, this is so (laughs) 
Hey, what's up? I don't know what to say now. You're so cute. That was a really good intro. I'm like, that was really, I don't know. I'm sitting here like, who's she talking about? But <laughs> hey, girl, how are you? I love you. I'm talking about you. Um, okay, so will you tell people who may not know you yet? Because um, this could be a great connection point for even my friends in the Set Apart podcast family to connect with you and to follow you. So what do you do full-time right now? Right now, I am a singer, songwriter, and a worship pastor at Purpose Life Church in Brooklyn, New York. Um, outside of being a wife of one and a mother of three. Uh, and yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So that's a lot of, is that, would you say that like leading worship is one of your dreams? Um, yes and no. I'm going to be honest. So like, I always wanted to, I love to lead worship. I love it. It's literally one of the things I love to do the most, but I think more than that, it's to be like a singer songwriter, if that makes sense. So even if it's not like in a worship set, I love to write music. I love to be in the studio. I'm like a studio rat. I could stay in the studio all night long and never go home and just live there and be like, everybody come move into the studio. We're going to just make it work here. Um, yeah. If I could do anything, I really love to sing. I love harmonies and writing. And so, yeah, like that creativity, As I would say that is more my dream, but I love worship. You know, it's cool. I love that you differentiated the two. And I think we would all benefit from you living in a studio so that we could hear more songs from you. <laughs> I'm just being real. Listen, I downloaded Back to Eden, which is the new album you just released. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I love it. And we'll have to, at the end, we're going to, I want to connect everybody with your website. And because I saw cool things on your website because you even have mentoring on there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, well, tell us a little bit about that. So you're, your dream, okay, your dream is to be a singer-songwriter, which we know will happen, okay? We declare, decree a thing, you will be an RDR, a singer-songwriter. So you also mm -hmm. have a mentoring program. What is, how did that happen? What does that look like? So um, it's really, one, it's a video mentorship, but it's also a group mentorship. So I, I pulled together a group of people um, every uh, few months. I kind of take breaks in between because it can be, I'm pretty grueling in terms of the timing of it. We get on Facebook and we also um, have them go through like these 12 videos. And it's really me walking people through worship, intimacy. Um, and like the thing I love the most about it is that I've, I kind of trick people into being like, it's all about like worship. But then when we get into it, it's really about Jesus. And I think that it's hard to like be a worship leader and um, to work in a worship context and you don't really understand Jesus and and understand like what it means to follow him. So it's really about, it's about following Christ and, um, and getting down to nitty gritty and then addressing some issues that we kind of have when we get onto worship teams and, um, and into groups period, even in the church. So we talk about shame, we talk about pride, um, talk about prophetic worship and um, and even apostolic worship and understanding how to like come into a place and set an atmosphere. We talk about dry bones and prophesying the dry bones and wow. all of that stuff. Yeah, so it's really good. And then I love that like on Facebook, we get to go back and like talk it out. So there are these videos and then we talk it out and we have so much fun. Like people have made like 
crazy relationships. They're friends outside. Like they go visit each other. They're like sending me pictures like, look, this person from across the country and even in Africa. And um, it's just crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't that surreal when you put your hands to something and people in other countries are like, I'm really moved by what you're doing. Right. I'm still like, what? Why do you even like this? But, you know, like God is God is good. He's he keeps his word. He does. He really does. I had somebody from London message me the other day and said, because of this podcast, I'm going to have a hard conversation with a friend. And I just want to thank you so much for addressing what it looks like to have these conversations in love. And I was like, oh, let me know how it goes. Like, I'm so proud because, and it's something that they hold on to for a long time. And you're like, oh my goodness. And then it encourages you to keep going because it's not about me. It's about everybody who's a part of this, who's tuning in. It's every, it's about God's people. The gospel is not about Jamie Lynn. The gospel is about everybody I'm surrounded by knowing him (laughs) and me knowing him. I mean, and I think, well, I think that's the thing that like actually pushes me to do what I do. Cause I think if it was about me, I would be so like self-conscious, like, no, I didn't want anybody to see, but really it's not it's not about you, Naomi. Like people are struggling. People need help. People need encouragement. They need inspiration. And it's really not even like just you, you know, it's like we all are living based off of a word and inspiration, a gesture, you know, an act of kindness um, that someone else did. And I feel like sometimes we can make it too much about ourselves. And I really like try to pull back from that. I'm still uncomfortable with like people like, Oh, I love this or whatever. It's a, it's a little uncomfortable, but I'm like, you know what? I know I was made to do this, so I'm just going to do it. And I'll let the Lord deal with the rest. I don't. That's good. Okay. So you're, this is, this is my question then. Cause, um, you think about, okay. So you're in this place where you're like, and I, I feel like I'm in this place too, where it's like, I can release a podcast because it's not about me being known. It's literally about me being obedient to what the Lord's called me to. And it's about getting these, it's about pulling the gold out of people like you that I see who are walking in. Like you can just tell you are walking in what you say and the Lord will highlight people to bring on. And to me, it's about the world connecting with them. But that's like my dream is to connect people. But it took me overcoming it being about me to be able to do it. So for you, you're on stage worshiping. You are, Mm -hmm. people are, there will always be people judging and criticizing your voice. You know, like there's, there's the world is the world. You've had a lot to overcome. I'm sure to be where you are and to be able to realize that it's not about you. Can you share part of that journey with us and what that has looked like? Well, yeah, I I would say, Honestly, growing up, I didn't get a lot of like criticism, like you can't sing or you're not good at this. Honestly, people have always been like, you can sing so well. But for some reason, it was more internal with me. For some reason, I never believed that. So I'm like, oh, they're lying. Like, why are people like, you know, some people just are over the top. And it's like, no, I don't I don't believe that. And it was a more of an it was more of an internal struggle for me. I grew up in a church. I grew up in a mega church. So I grew up on platforms in front of thousands of people at a very young age. So that stuff never, it never was like, this is like the stage is my goal because it was like, the stage is always here every Sunday. Like this is, this is life, you know, and church was like family and it just was what we did. And it wasn't like a, 
like a thing, you know? And still, I think that's why I'm able to like get on stages now. And it's like, oh, I feel like I should be nervous, like really like afraid, but um, I'm not. And so I think there was like a level of like programming, but, um, or I guess conditioning, I'll say, where I'm, I'm conditioned to kind of be on a platform, but internally, like I wasn't prepared for like being able to know myself and be okay and good with what I've done. I had kind of lived in a more performance type of space and I got good at doing good to get people to say that it was good, you know? And um, as I grew up, it was really more so when, as I was younger, I think the Lord really it, uh, accelerated my growth and development. Um, I was younger and because of that, like because of the fear of competition. So there were other people that were being pushed up and, and placed in certain places. And I said, you know what? I don't want competition. Like these are my friends. I'm going to pull back. And when I pulled back, I kind of got into some foolishness. And so um, started to really like live separately, got really into a boy, like a guy and like lost my virginity. And I don't know, like, so as a young kid, though, some people, they're like, what? I slept with a million people. That's not my story. Praise God. Um, I grew up in a in a household feeling like I would wait until marriage. And I would, you know, that was my yeah. goal. That was the point. But then I got caught up in this guy. And there was this like shame cycle that we kind of walked through. He, I liked him. He really, I don't think he really liked me. Um, but he was like playing games. And I kind of got caught up in this cycle. Got out of that. Um, met my husband and we were still young. I want to say I was 17 when I met my husband now and we started dating. But of course, because of the lifestyle I was living with this other guy, you know, my husband and I were sleeping together and I ended up getting pregnant at 18. And so I was like, oh, snap, I guess I have to sit down for ministry. So I went, you know, I told him, I was like, well, I'm pregnant. Guess I'm getting sat down. Um, And I was sat down. And at that moment, all of the stuff that I was living for, you know, like the ministry, because, you know, in this whole time of saying like, I'll step back, you know, you're still doing stuff. People are still calling you to do stuff, still leading worship and church and everybody's, you know, oh, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. And there were a bunch of prophetic words spoken over my life and, and all of that. But at that point, it just seemed like, girl, you're, you're pregnant and you need to be ashamed of yourself and you need to go sit down. Um, and so after that, um, the Lord really started to deal with me and he really started to tell me that he could change like this situation and make it work out for my good. I didn't get that. I didn't get how something that was bad could be good. And I knew at the same time, um, because when I first found out I was pregnant, I was like, well, I'll just like go get an abortion. I live in New York city, you know, like I can go to Planned Parenthood and get an abortion. And really I wasn't even the girl that would even like want to draw blood. I didn't want like a vaccination. So I was like, let's be honest, Naomi, like you're not about to get an abortion. That's number one. And number two, like just because of the pain, but then number two, like this is a life, like how dare you, you know? And so I I wish I could say that the Lord like came down and told me like your child is promised or something. There wasn't anything like that. It was one, I'm afraid of the procedure. I don't even know what it is. And two, like, this is a, this is a person, this is a life. And so, um, I talked with my boyfriend, well, my husband now, but we were dating at the time. And I was like, we have to tell my parents. That's what I was most afraid of. Told my parents and the amount of love and support that I got from my parents in that moment. My mom was super disappointed. My dad was too, 
But the way that my dad rallied around me and was like, hey, let's go shopping. You need clothes. Because by the time I told him I started to get big, you need clothes. And the way that they just came to my aid, they protected me. They like, and you know, and okay, I've told you, we went to a mega church. So, you know, people talk and people, you know, there's that whole thing. Um, and they were, my parents were the worship leaders at the church. I'm um, two main worship leaders at the church. So this was like a big, you know, a kind of a big deal. And they, they supported me. The father began right in that moment to teach me about his love. As I began to get bigger, I went back to writing songs. And so I started to write songs and I wrote a song called Blessing in Rain. My name is Naomi Rain. And my daughter, the song is about my daughter being a blessing in rain. The Lord said, I can bless you even when it's raining, even when you think it's not good. Like the point of the rain is to bring forth growth. And wow. I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to grow you. And so through songwriting, the Lord really healed me. I would be writing a song, but it really was like he was writing it. And, um, and he was like working on me. And so I would sit at the piano and I would sing the song over and over and over. And the Lord began to heal me. My husband and I, we ended up getting married later. Um, my daughter, April, she's 13 now. And she's literally like a physical manifestation of the grace of God. And so it's when I was, you know, dead wrong and sneaking and, you know, doing a bunch of foolishness, like the Lord said, okay, you did wrong, but I can bless you. I can bring something good out of it. Not saying what you did was good, but I can bless you and show you and teach you and grow you. And so I, again, I was a mother at 19. I, I grew up very quickly. I was married at 19. Jermaine and I will be married 13 years in September. Um, we went through a lot, had two more children, Caden and Savion. And through those pregnancies and through that stuff, the Lord has just taught me so much and, and has allowed me to write songs really in every one of those seasons that I'm thinking I'm like writing for like somebody else, but really the Lord's like, no, this is for you. Um, and so I guess that is the story. I guess that's how I got here. That's amazing. So for you, one thing that really like really really stood out to me too just the which sums up what you said too you said the point of the rain is to bring forth growth i'm like that's amazing because <laughs> it's so true like there's so many times where even even in that hard part or as td jakes would say even in the crushing that yeah power comes out of that something beautiful is made and i love the way that you even communicate it it wasn't like oh and i love your parents response to you too it was like yeah i'm disappointed but let's go get you close because I love you. I'm not running away from you. Like, right. I'm here. I'm here for you. And so what an amazing thing. Okay, so it's almost like you learned in that process and in your journey, because we're talking about intimacy with God today. What has it looked like? When did you realize the value and importance of leaning into him rather than your like your own thoughts? Well, I think... I didn't know anything else to really do. I think that once you, and, and this is the thing, some people think, oh, when, I, when I'm praying, am I just like praying? Am I talking to myself? Like, no, there's a difference when you're talking to yourself and when you're talking to the Lord, because honestly, there's a peace that happens. There's something that I feel like I learn it every single time. And I don't know, like, I don't always, I'm not always like good with the intimate time that I have with the Lord. There are mo there are seasons where I'm like, oh, me and Jesus, you know, like we're just chilling every single day for hours. Like, and I'm telling you, it's like great seasons. And then like, I can go away for a week and then like my whole schedule get interrupted. Yeah. And like, <laughs> then I come back and I'm like, okay, Lord. And the Lord, he, he does this thing where he shows up in, a, in the way of peace. 
He shows up in the way of peace. And I can't even really explain it except for that. There's just something that comes over me where I'm like, okay, it's all right. And I feel like he's just a father in that moment. And I can physically like tangibly feel his presence, but he's just a father and it's just okay. And I feel like the Lord, like the issue with like being a Christian all your life, I say like, you know, you were born on the pew is that you <laughs> kind of think you were born saved. And sometimes you don't, you know, you're the, the worst thing you could do is maybe, you know, curse, you know, or like take a puff of a cigarette, you know, like those are like, oh, I'm bad. You know, I'm sinning. And those are, you know, not great things, but like, you really don't get this, un this real understanding of like our depravity and, the and our need for God. We kind of take God, can take God for granted kids, you know, growing up in the church. And I feel like the Lord used these moments as like, hey, first of all, yeah, you are a sinner, so cut it out. And like, <laughs> these are the things that you thought you would never do or you got caught and and the, and the place that you were going to run for your approval, they now don't approve of you. Now what? And I had to go to God. I had to, because at the end of the day, the way my dad reacted, the way my mom responded, the way my grandmother responded, my grandmother and I didn't have like such a great relationship. And she still was like, all right, you know, what are we doing? The way that the family pulled together, I was like, well, y'all are supposed to be disappointed, like, you know, disappointed to the point of rejection. And right. they didn't reject me. And the Lord was like, and like, neither have I rejected you. Like, go and sin no more, you wow. know? And so that to me, I feel like it's the lesson. And so to me, like the intimacy, there's always a payoff when it's when you're talking to the Lord. When, it, when you're talking to yourself, you're still in circles. There's still like, this place of unsureness. And I think that that can exist when you talk to the Lord, yeah. but it's not yeah. because of something that he said. It's almost because you don't want to accept. It's just a weirdness. I don't even know how to explain it. And I don't even want to call it weird, but there's a peace that comes with it. And I, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, I think weird is appropriate because uh, it is supernatural compared to the ways of the world to be able to talk to God and hear him and feel his presence. So you grew up in the church and you had this relationship with the Lord. You had your parents respond in love. You leaned into him and experienced him like a father in this really crushing point in life where you're like, I can't, you're probably like in shock. I can't believe this just happened. What I thought wouldn't happen has happened. And there's so many of us who have grown up in the church where like for me, I grew up in the church and I always felt like I heard the Lord's voice and I was very close to him and I was always talking to him. Like I was never talking to myself. So I had this intimate, like I genuinely had an intimate relationship with God. Didn't have a perfect walk, but I had an intimate right. relationship with God and I saw the value of leaning into him and not mm -hmm. leaning into him. And when I wasn't leaning into him, it led to depression and gluttony for me. And that was really hard because shame came with that. And, um, you know, self-deprivation, uh, not deprivation, um, self-hate, I guess is a better way to say it. Just different things that, that the fruit was not beautiful. Like it just wasn't good because I was trying to rely on what I thought people were thinking. Kind of like what you were saying earlier, like, what I thought people were thinking, which for me, when I was struggling with depression, people were never mean to me. They just, it just became my narrative of what I thought they were actually thinking and why their motive behind what they're saying. Really weird. But I say that because we've all gone through really difficult moments 
And some people tuning in right now might be in a really difficult moment, or they might be in an incredible place where I have a lot of friends who listen to this too, who are worship leaders and life feels great and life feels good. But I love what you were saying before we tuned in and you might've said it on the recording at the beginning, but before we hit record, you were talking about, you can be up on a platform and have no intimacy with God. And like, you can be essentially what I heard you say, you could be operating out of your gift, but you have no intimacy with God. So could you speak to us about um, what that looks like to you? And honestly, I, I do feel like there's kind of a danger of just operating in gift without intimacy. And if you want to address that, you can, or you can just address like the fruit of intimacy. I do want to talk a little bit about um, operating out of your gift instead of intimacy. I think I liken it. So in my marriage, there are times when we're on autopilot, like, because not because we don't love each other, we don't need to be working, but because maybe there are other things that need to be done. Like if a kid is sick or, you know, there's some other big thing that we're working toward, we might put our marriage like working, you know, so hard on autopilot and that's okay for a little while, but when it's time to work, you need to get back there. And I think in the same way, um, I believe that's why we have giftings. And I think sometimes we don't give God credit for the natural stuff too. Like he made everything. And so even in a gifting or an ability, like there's an anointing that you have and it's to serve people. And I think that there's even a grace in being able to get up and serve and minister, even when you don't feel like it. I think that that can be just an act of worship as a sacrifice of praise, you know, and you're giving it. But when you live on a platform and you live from a place like with a lack of intimacy, it almost becomes like hypocritical. And I want to, I want to dispel almost a myth because I think that some, so many worship leaders are feeling guilty because they think that because maybe they're, if I want to say, I want to say this, right. I want to say this, right. I think intimacy has degrees, right? There are degrees of intimacy. And sometimes we're more intimate with the Lord than not. And sometimes we're looking for a certain, for intimacy to look a certain way before we'll feel okay to minister. And I think that it's actually a trick of the enemy. The Lord, the enemy uses it um, to get us to this place of shame, again, guilt, condemnation, feeling like you're distant and far from God when in the reality, like we're not, we've been grafted and we've been called in. Sometimes I don't feel intimate and intimacy is not just going into a room and spending time for 45 minutes a day. That's not what intimacy is. That's, that can be an expression, but I've been in my prayer closet before and been disconnected and thinking about like, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? And you know, like other things I've, I've gone through the motions and not been connected in the heart. And there've been times where I've been in my car, you know, driving and been super connected or, you know, like there's intimacy looks different for everyone. And I think that sometimes we've, we've, narrowed it down to like a form or, you know, a certain thing. And it's like, it's not that. And because of that, people are like, well, I'm not in a good place with God because I'm not doing it. And it's like, well, hold on. Like you gotta like, I I think it's like being able to be, to talk to the Lord, to pray without ceasing. That's not just like praying in the spirit all day, you know, praying in tongues all day. It's going to him. It's acknowledging him in all your ways. It's like looking to him in every decision, like, Lord, what do you want? And if I think, and I don't want to get graphic, but if you think about a married couple and intimacy, there are degrees of intimacy. And sometimes you're locked in, sometimes you're cuddling, sometimes you're talking and it's a really vulnerable, like, like open spaced, 
you know, place where you're revealing all. And I think that's what it is. To me, true intimacy is being honest and being unashamed before the father. It's not sitting in a room. It's, you know, it's not just sitting in a room. I right, saying. I agree. I hear you. It's being unclothed before the father. So you're not pretending and you're not hiding. And so I just want to like clear that up because I think so many worship leaders feel bad because they don't pray for an hour a day. And they're like, oh, no, I don't have intimacy with the father. It's like, well, no, because you like full of guilt and shame. And now you've covered yourself, like uncover yourself and say, God, I'm terrible at like just sitting in your your presence and being quiet. I don't think that you're going to come. Whatever your, you know, your fear is, you go to the Lord with it. Talk to him about it. We'd rather call our friend and be like, I don't want to do it. I don't think God is going to hear me or I'm mad that he didn't give me what I wanted. Tell God, like, God, I'm upset that you didn't give me what. I wanted or whatever, like that is the point of it. And so many of us are hiding. That's what the song Back to Eden is about is that that bridge is I won't hide my face. I won't turn away. I won't look away. Um, I will, I'm not afraid in your presence. I'm not ashamed. I'm I'm taking off all the stuff that I've covered myself up with and, and said like, God, I can't tell you that because you wouldn't like to hear that from me. Or that means I'm not a real Christian or I'm not a good daughter. I'm taking that stuff off. I'm not afraid. I'm not disrespectful, but I'm not, I'm not afraid. And I'm going to just be like, Lord, this is me. Here I am. And I believe that when people do that and they're real with God, they can come onto a platform and actually be more effective because authenticity, like truth, actually like people can tell they know that. And I think it's that it's like, I know that when Jesus said, like, the truth shall make you free or worship, you know, worship the Father and Spirit in truth. I know he wasn't talking about just us being honest. I know that wasn't what it is. But I almost I'm like, but I feel like it's a double meaning. You know, it's like just the honesty of where you are and being real. Like, God, I'm on, like, this is real. I love you. And I'm not just um, talking the talk, but my heart, I want my heart to be connected to yours. Yeah. I rambled. But no, I you did not. That was so good. I. I totally agree with you. I think one of the things that, um, you know, from older, from the uh, generations before us, which I agree, I totally agree that this is super important. It is important to get in your prayer closet and it is important to read the word and it is important to pray in the spirit. And, and you, and I believe that you communicated that beautifully, but it isn't the only way. And I think that, um, like for me, um, to say, to be hard on myself because I am not allotting a certain amount of time every single day scheduling you know scheduling him in is good because you schedule things that you value but I do believe that it's deeper than that because like you said in marriage I think is one of the most beautiful things like intimacy with God to me is something that I would compare to it's the things that other people don't see happening like when you're with mm -hmm. God like with my husband you know, there are degrees in which there are things we will never talk about with other people that we choose to be intimate in, you know, and that's healthy. And that's, that's what we would choose to do. So with me and the Lord, like I, um, I went to upper room Dallas and was on stop there for a while. And that's like one of my, I love that church and got married a year ago, moved to San Antonio. And I really for eight years just dove into the house of prayer. And to me, I realized the value of coming together and praying and needing one another and being open and transparent, but that could not replace that intimate right. place I had with God, which could have been in my car, could have been grocery shopping, could have been um, working out, could have been in the prayer room. There's a lot of different ways that that could come together. And and I do think that there's something to be, like that the, our journey with God has to be protected. Like 
I have with Lance Cuz, when I love what you were saying about in your marriage. So I've only been married a year now, literally. And now and you've been married 13 years. Okay. So you're saying there's times when you're on autopilot. Well, I feel the same way about God sometimes, like where I'm like, oh man, I feel like I'm on autopilot, but something can shift and change that. Like there is something that I can actively do to shift back into that awareness with him. And, um, and I think that that's something that we, like, this is something I say, I'm starting to say more and more is like, we cannot be so hard on ourselves. We have to be yeah. patient with ourselves in this journey. But I think what it comes down to, and if you would address this in your thoughts, and I'm, I'm going there. But if you're like, I think because you're a worship leader, you, you minister and mentor so many worship leaders, it's probably the best example to give. So whether I would say people in ministry, any, anyone in ministry, what if they are harp? Like, what if there is a hidden sin going on? Like what? And they're up there worshiping. Like, you know, we read about David. David was all over the place. Okay. And, and he is one that God loved. Yep. So how would you speak into the hearts of those who are in sin and feel shameful and guilty or who are hiding it and still overlooking it maybe because two people could be there could be two types of people listening in or three types maybe you're maybe you have a great community and you're open and real and that's just not the season you're in there could be somebody listening who is truly feeling a, a start of a battle or who is battling something in secret or who just is unrepentive and battling something yep. I mean, I think that's the tough part. I, one thing I don't think that we want to accept is that like the gospel means, like the gospel implies that we're sinful and that's bad. Like we're in some way doing the wrong thing. And in order to like get into this kingdom and have access to the kingdom that we need to repent, we have to change our minds about it and we have to turn and that is just offensive to people. And so I think that sometimes when we come into Christ, we think that's over. I did that, you know, and now I can just continue on and keep hiding. I, I don't think that there's a, a nice, pretty answer or a different way to do it other than like you have to confess. And sometimes, sometimes the primary confession is like to admit it to yourself, you know, like you have a problem. And then sometimes it's to confess it to the Lord in secret, you know, in the private place, in the secret place, and then find one person in your life that you can confess to. I don't think we need to go up for testimony time in front of the whole church and tell the whole church, you know, I like to eat my cool skin. Like, no, because that's a real disorder. And people are doing things, you know, in private. And it's like, don't tell the whole church that they, I don't think that that's going to go well, but there has to be some level of confession. And I think that if you don't want to confess, if you're not ready to confess, you have to ask yourself a few questions. Like, what are you trying to hide? Is there pride? Cause I know there are things that I, I've been through things that I'm like, I can't tell anybody cause they're going to look at me a different way. And I don't want to change people's perception of me. Um, we have to start to ask the questions. And then I, this is my one of the quickest ways to me to get freedom um, that I found is deliverance. 
Like deliverance is a real thing. And I don't understand why people feel like this is not a real thing. <laughs> if you are in, and the thing is you don't even need to be out somewhere else. If you have the spirit of God in you, you have the authority of Christ. He's given us that authority to tell a thing to go and it has to go. We can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. And I've actually gone through self-deliverance because sometimes it's like, I couldn't even get to the place where I could confess because I was so afraid that somebody was going to find out. And I've literally turned on a YouTube video and been like, okay, I need like Frank Hammond. I need you to, you know, and the, and the Lord has delivered me in private. And this is why I'm like, oh God, you're so good. And then from then I would go confess, talk to somebody, say, hey, I need help. And I think that for some people that might sound crazy, but I'm like, if you're in a battle, especially if you're in an addiction, a lot of worshipers and a lot of people period deal with a lot of sexual stuff and that's private, you know? You need to get free. It do whatever it takes. And I'm praying that anybody who's listening to this will do what it takes to be free because that guilt and shame, it only builds upon and opens doors for the enemy to just wreak havoc in your life. And you end up running away more from the Lord and not wanting to be with him. And then sometimes the Lord will just be like, give it time. He'll give you a dream. He'll show you what the source of this secret or hidden sin is. But I've come to, and I don't want to be, I want to be clear. I don't think that God winks at sin and he's like, yes, children, go on and sin. No, I don't believe God wants us to sin at all. But I don't think it's so much because it just is so offensive to him. I think that because I don't think God is fickle, right? Mm-hmm. Right. He was able to be like long suffering, very patient, even before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like God will allow a people to sin up until a certain capacity. He has measurements and all of that. So. I think it's really because of what it does to us and because of his love for us. He's like, why, why do that? Like I've paid for sin. So, I mean, my, my last suggestion is like, Hey, watch the passion of the Christ. I think when we start to really like see what, what Jesus went through because of it change, it it changes things. And And some people will have a seared conscience and they'll just go off and not be able, you know, to give it up for Christ. And I think that's sad, but prayerfully there are people praying for them. You know, they they may stumble into a service, you know, and then you have like the prophetic and, and all of this stuff. But I'm saying like, yeah, get some deliverance, talk to the Lord, confess it. Good. Confession is offering up to sin, you know, and you got to tell somebody. I just, that's so good. Yes and amen. I just watched The Passion the other day. I like to watch it every once in a while just to remind myself visually, because I'm an artist, so I'm very visual. So I, yeah. I'm really careful what I let in my eye gates, in my ear gates, like more than I ever have been. Like amazing leaders in the church will even suggest things. And I can't because of certain things that are in it. And I don't go off on them or anything. That's just my personal bar- inward barometer of where God has me that I just have to trust. And it's desire too. It doesn't feel like a, a law or like a, I have to. But with the passion, um, it does it does remind me um, because you see all the people who were treating him the way that he was treated and mocking him and spitting on him and just, and yet he still chose to do that for them. Like he chose to do it for every single person walking this earth, no matter how dark, no matter how deep, no matter how far away, no matter how close every person. And to me, that is so loving. And it reminds me of what you were saying, It like a character of, of Christ, um, well, Paul, Paul in the word says to be patient with those who don't yet understand, like when they're learning and growing in the ways of God. And 
if we can, if we're in a moment where we need to find somebody to confess to, because I totally agree, it's liberating to realize on your own, oh my goodness, this is a sin. I love growing. So I like being called out and I like being self-aware. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, I want to know. And I wasn't always like that, but now I am. And so Paul says, be patient. Well, if I can confess to the Lord, first of all, that's liberating. Oh my goodness. And he will love me. Like he will love me and he's not going to run away. He's not afraid of what I'm going to say. He already knows he saw it. And then ask him, who can I confess to that will be patient with me, but will trust like that I can trust because it, we may be surprised who he leads us to. Cause I think to some people, I just feel like people who are listening into this um, podcast right now are thinking, well, I don't have anybody that I can trust. I don't have anybody that I can run with on this issue. And I think for, um, for you who are listening, like ask the Lord, because it says in James one that like, if we, if we lack wisdom to ask for wisdom and he gives wisdom abundantly without hindrance. Right. So anything we need, we ask and it's a promise in his word. He's going to give it to us. Trust God. Trust God. I'm telling you, even if you just say like, Lord, can you send somebody to ask me how I'm doing? Even if you can't work up the courage to to approach somebody, like God is so faithful. He's so faithful. And he just, he's so good. I want to say one more thing. Forgiveness is a major open door for sin and uh, unforgiveness. I'm sorry, is a major open door. And so my thing is like, let's say you're in that place and you're like, I just can't work it up to tell somebody, you know, yet. So I can kind of deal with this head on. Think about, am I holding anybody hostage? You know, am I, am I walking in unforgiveness? Because when you talked about what Christ did and how they treated him, the thing that he said on the court, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He said, God, forgive them. Don't hold it against them. And isn't that crazy? Like we, sometimes I'm like, God, I'll forgive them, but don't you dare forgive them. Like you make sure they get what they deserve. You know, it's, it's not, it's not good. But like, he's like, Lord, I don't even want you to hold it against them. You forgive them. And I think like that, that takes a, a special type of grace. And I don't know I'm saying everybody's there, but if we can start to look at what the real issue is, we can start to get away from these um, temporary, a lot of things that we do are just to make our flesh feel good because we're in such pain and we're not able to deal with what's actually going on on the inside. And I don't think everybody needs a therapist, you know, and I do believe in therapy. My mom's a counselor, but like, sometimes if you would just deal with the real issue, you wouldn't have to be dealing with like these other symptoms. Let's get to the root, you know? So it's really good. And I, and I agree. I know there's a lot of beliefs. (laughs) I wish people could see, could see the nonverbals going on here. Um, but I, I do believe, um, there's a lot of different school of thought of, you know, I don't believe in inner healing and all these people move powerfully in gifts and I believe in inner healing and whatever. Here's the thing. Seek the Lord on what is good for you because there are so many different ways. Yes, the Lord can do it instantly, but there's a process that in James one, it says those who endure trials and temptations and who overcome with perseverance and endurance will receive the crown of life on their head. Like there is in maturity, they will grow and they will become the mature expression of the bride of Christ. And for me, I'm like, there is something about you not being afraid to lean in and to go after this thing with God. I mean, don't make the sin itself an idol, but I mean, 
Trust the Lord and lean into the process. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with the people who are walking with you. And just know that over time, as you continue to hand it to him, you will be 100% free in this area because he's good and you're asking him for it. Right. And, and think about, so somebody like David, who we said was all over, right? After he sinned with Bathsheba, remember they lost the baby and the Lord allowed him three days to mourn. And then it was like, David was able Are you there? Oh, are you there? Okay. Yeah. David like would go about his business and I'm I'm like, Lord, how was David able to just get up from morning for three days and then be like, okay, I'm good. And the Lord is like, it's because he had a relationship with me. This is what intimacy does. It speeds up healing. It allows you to get out all your stuff. You know, it, uh, it allows you to really walk through life differently because you understand that the Lord is with you. And I think about that 23rd Psalm and it's like, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. Like I shout, he's everything I need. And I, I just don't know if people really trust God. I think that we hear stuff that preachers say and we're like, okay, we might try to pray like once or twice. And then people don't really practice the spiritual disciplines that are helpful to get us to really almost test the Lord and and live supernaturally and live in the kingdom. In the kingdom, it's just a different way of living. We cannot live by the world's way and be a part of the kingdom or expect, you know, to live with the benefits that kingdom citizens have. And I just, I mean, my prayer, I don't even know. I feel like we've, we've switched gears on this, on this podcast, but I really am just praying that whoever hears this would trust the Lord, trust him, try it, try it and persevere and go after him. Like just talk to him. I think when we start to get religious about things, then we start to um, trust in a system or formula more than like the Lord who's actually making this happen. It's not happenstance. It's, um, it's a real thing. He's faithful. He is. That's so good. The way that I received healing from depression may not be the way that Susie Q re receives healing from depression. Like leaning into him is important. Okay. So the practical spiritual principles. Um, I love the way that this, this is clearly the Lord in the way that this podcast has gone. Um, how would you encourage people to engage in that intimacy with him? And first of all, that in, I know we keep saying intimacy, which can be totally um, weird to hear in regards to the father, but that just means that depth of relationship. And you can define that more too. But um, what does it practically look like for people to engage with God more and, and live the lifestyle of intimacy with God? So I think it looks like um, maybe for some, it'll be scheduling time, you know, in the morning, like first thing in the morning to talk to the Lord. It may look like changing up your playlist and creating like instead of maybe having a certain workout playlist, you switch it up. So it's more like Christian center. I think about stuff that will help prompt me and push me toward nudge me toward the Lord, you know, instead of like my own thing. I think it's setting limits and boundaries for like our phone time and our screen time and, and unfollowing certain people because I realized like my husband will be like, hey, did you hear about this? I'm like, no, I didn't hear about it because I'm only people I follow. You know, there's certain people I follow and this is what they have. It's all about, you know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And, you know, 
Um, so I'm not, there are certain things I don't know about. I just started following Justin Bieber because I'm really watching. I'm just like so happy for like what's going on with him. But I'm like, I want to be encouraged like that. And then sometimes I just got to, you know, keep swiping. But, you know, I think like um, p- building into your life certain things that you follow. But then outside of that, you know, setting aside time to read the word. Um, and I would say work your way up. Some people are like, I read a chapter a day. To me, that looks like Proverbs every morning. I, I read one. It's the first Proverbs one, you know, and that that starts me and then I can go to something else. The wisdom never fails. Also, it's something I'm doing with my kids. Um, A Bible plan. Set yourself up. I think sometimes too, like just praying the Lord and saying, God, give me a hunger and a thirst for your word um, is good because it'll it'll push you. It'll nudge you. The Lord will highlight things to you and be like look at what I'm saying here. Look at, you know, what I'm doing. And then the other thing is like, my prayer is like, Lord, I want you to draw me closer. So in what I pray, I'm asking for more intimacy. I'm asking for him to share his heart with me. I'm going to like a prayer service. I used to, I don't do it anymore, but I used to go to a prayer service every week. And that was something that no matter what happens on Sunday, you know, you're, you know, you're going to be in church, but then on Tuesdays I would, or maybe Thursdays or Friday, depending on which, which night it was, I had another opportunity to like meaningfully like engage or I'll say intentionally engage the Lord. And it does something talking with friends and people that are about this walk to me, getting on purpose, like living a life of purpose and saying, Hey, I'm not just trying to do like the regular. Um, I want to live my life on purpose. And so that means like, I have to submit my dreams and my goals to him. I'm praying about it. I'm, I'm just that person. Again, my, my life is not, I don't work a nine to five. I'm a, I am a singer and a songwriter. That's what I do for a living. Um, and a mommy. So, you know, sometimes I'm like, Lord, please let the chicken be on sale. Like maybe that's the the start of the prayer, but you know, it's engaging him and acknowledging him in all our ways, knowing that he'll direct the path. My family is big on conversation. We talk a lot, as you can tell, I'm a talker. Um, and you know, we, (laughs) We talk, but our, our conversations, oh, are, we we have a Christ or a Christian worldview, you know? And so everything, we start to funnel it through that. We ask questions. I don't avoid conflict. Conflict helps you to grow, helps you to change, helps you to engage the Lord. And the Lord will allow you to get to a point where you're like, there's a storm in order to get you to pray, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I believe that for a fact. So I think, um, and then also building, building into your schedule, regular fasting days. And just where you are just focused on laying down your life for Christ. So, and then, oh, last thing, I keep saying last thing, and then there's another thing, but um, sermons, listening to different sermons and thinking about like what you want. And so like, if I need encouragement, I know there are certain preachers I'm going to listen to. If I need to understand the grace of God, I know there are certain like, uh, I won't say any names, but like I, I will listen to certain people. And if I need like just straight word, like nothing, I know who to listen to. And I, and I, and I'm asking the Lord constantly, like, okay, like, what do you want from me? Where do you want, if I'm, if I'm dreaming, if I'm in creative mode and we're like believing God for a new project, the, the group and I, then I'm listening to certain things and I'm like, okay, Lord. And then I'm like, then the Lord will say, watch a movie or watch a documentary. And it's like weird stuff. I'm like, God, why do you want me to watch a movie? I'm thinking you'd want me to get in the word and be, but then I watched a movie and there's a message in there and there's a this and that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you love me so much. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. See, but there, there are so many ways. It's not just like, I mean, I, I do believe that 
feeding your heart with the word and watering it with the spirit is totally important. And I believe that can come in so many different ways. Like you're saying, like, I love how you're like, let me ask you this though. Yeah. How do we water our, our selves with the spirit? Isn't that something he does? Yes. But for me to, it is, but I pray in the spirit. I am intimacy with God to me is watering your heart with the spirit from, and this is, this is based off of an encounter I had a few years ago with the Lord when he took out my old heart, put in a new heart and said, this is whole and perfect for it to remain, feed it with my word and water it with my spirit. And to me, watering it with my spirit meant walk with me. Do it all. And, with- I, and I get that. I get that. I think, um, and I'm not against that, but I'm like, if he's the source, if he is the water, like yeah. we, like it's his desire and his heart to do this. Mm-hmm. It's God's desire to be with us. Like imagine if we can't walk with God unless he like allows us, unless he's like, okay, and makes himself available. And I love, I love actually that, um, that uh, analogy. I'm like losing words, but I love that analogy because it's like, sometimes we think it's it's all on us and it's just about our desire. But I think if we understand his desire is there first, he desires to be with us. He's, he's here and saying, come, yeah. utilize, take this water. Oh my goodness. And now I'm thinking about Jesus at the well. See, yes. like, you know, like, it's just so sweet. Okay. No, it's totally true. And I totally agree with you. Like there's nothing Jamie Lane can do in her own strength. It's like, he longs for me and me answering. It's like, Jamie Lynn, will you go on a date with me? Well, I'm not going to get to know somebody unless I say yes, right? And it's like in the moments when I'm watching TV, which I don't do as much anymore, and I hear him say, turn it off. To me, like that's silly and that's tiny or like, or I feel it's not even, he would never talk to me like that, actually. I would feel him say, why don't you, why don't you spend time with me right now? And to me, that's a watering of the spirit. It's like, I'm choosing that invitation right there to be watered by him instead of being watered by whatever was going to be on TV. Right. And I think the only way that you can do that, because what you're saying you're describing is obedience, you know, and doing what the Lord told you to do. The only way you can be obedient is if you know his voice. And if you like, if you've spent time and his sheep know his voice. So I want to encourage people and say, Hey, you probably think that that's not God talking to you, but, um, it probably is, especially if it's telling you to read your word or pay your tithes or, you know, give somebody something or do something nice. Um, that's probably the Lord. And if we start to like answer his, the little things, even in the smallest things and respond, then we'll get more. We yeah. get more. It's almost like a little scavenger hunt, but a good one, not a tricky one, but like, that's, that's good. You know what? I, this is a really extreme thing that I have never shared, but when I got down to the end of the aisle, on our wedding day, mm-hmm. um, when I was walking down to the aisle, I heard this, that's not your husband. And instantly in my head, and I know that sounds extreme, but it was a long journey to get to the altar. And in my heart, instantly I said, God, if that was you, you know that I would walk away right now. So you tell me, was that you? And instantly I was like, wait, God doesn't talk to me like that. It was an evil, you know I mean, it's like, yeah. I was so willing to hear him. I mean, I, that would have been painful and awful, but that was the enemy. Like 
to decipher the tone even, just the tone. Like it may be something he would say to you, but it's not the way he would say it to you. So I think that's a really big deal. And I love that you said that, um, that we would know his voice and that we could lean into that. So while we close on out of here, this has been amazing. This is so awesome. I would like you to pray. And then I want people to know how to find you and connect with you and download your new album back to Eden and all the other amazing albums you have. So whatever you feel led, will you pray over those who are tuning in? Yes. Um, Lord, I thank you for these amazing people that are listening. I thank you, God, that nothing happens by coincidence or by happenstance, that you're really sovereign and you're over it all. And um, you know exactly what you want and what you're doing. I thank you, God, that with um, your loving kindness, you draw us. And so I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would draw our hearts back to you, God. Those that are in ministry, those that are not in ministry, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give us a revelation on intimacy. I know that there were things that I said, there were things that Jamie Lynn said in this podcast, but Lord, I pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would give them a revelation, a a full and complete revelation, even things that we may have missed or not said. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal your heart to your people. I ask, Lord, that you would take us deeper into intimacy. I pray that you would give courage and boldness to those who are struggling in secret sin, that they would really come to you with it and confess to trustworthy people that can help them walk um, a path to like recovery and freedom. I just declare freedom over every person listening to this. Now, I thank you, Holy spirit for what you're doing in us, that you're calling this bride to you without spot or wrinkle that we are going to be the exact image that you've set us to be. I thank you, Lord, that your word does not return to you void. And so I love you. I praise you. And I ask God that if there are any testimonies from this podcast, that we would get them and we would hear them and then it would just continue to do more. I love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I love you. You're so sweet and cute. And I love you're so powerful. Um, This has been so fun. This is one of the most this is some of the most fun I've had. I don't know how to word that recording a podcast. We I did have a lot of fun. I almost didn't want to stop. I don't want to stop. I'm done. I'm I'm, let's do it. We'll do it. We'll do another one on another topic sometime. Yay. I love it. Yay. Okay. So before we go, um, can you tell people where to connect with you on Instagram, your website, your albums, all that good stuff? Yes. My name is Naomi Rain. It's N-A-O-M-I-R-A-I-N-E. And so you can go to Instagram at that very um, handle Naomi Rain. You can even like look up a hashtag or something like that. And then my website is Naomi Rain Music. So Naomi Rain Music.com. Remember that Rain is with an E at the end. And I have a new album called Back to Eden, part one. There's part two is coming soon. And it's on iTunes and Google Play and Amazon and Spotify and what is all the people title? You can get it anywhere. And if you don't trust the music yet, you can go on YouTube and listen to it. But then you can go and buy it and support. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Well, thank you. And if you want to be mentored, I know I have a lot of friends who are worshipers who are tuning in. Go to Naomi Rain Music, Rain with an E at the end, um, and dot com and check out the mentoring program because it's super affordable and reasonable. And I already saw it and I thought it was awesome. So thank you. So if you guys find value in these podcasts and you are encouraged, please share this with your friends, rate it, write a review. This helps get the word out there and this helps grow the set apart family so that we as men and women who love the Lord 
can be influential in every sphere of influence without compromise because we're running together with one heart and mind, the heart of Jesus Christ. So I love you guys so much. Thank you. And I hope you have an awesome, awesome day in Jesus' name.